You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So you know when you have those conversations and somebody throws out, and in addition to whatever the main topic is you're talking about, and then they're like, oh, and then there's the whole inflation thing. And you're like, yeah, do we have inflation right now? Is it skyrocketing? It kind of feels that way. And yet we're told the numbers are really low, and then it's a temporary thing due to supply chain economics. And you're kind of like, really? It just feels like everything is getting more and more expensive and there's really nothing to rein it in. Just like everything's getting more expensive. Am I just getting old? Probably. So we're going to be talking today about inflation expectations surge hitting new high for the New York Fed survey. Now, this is just a survey, but it's kind of an indication of what people are thinking and how the whole inflation picture fits into what we've got going on with the economies reopening across the United States, kind of getting getting things going again. And then I'm also going to be talking about we got a situation with used cars, sometimes costing more than new cars, because they're available. You've got this, this weird uh, microchip for the computers and cars, there's been a uh, backlog of um, of the microchips. They can't get enough of them to put the new cars out. So people are paying a premium for used cars. Crazy. We're going to talk about how much of a premium they're t- they're they're um, they're paying here in Seattle. It's just these wild stories, and it's like what we had the whole Rona thing, and now we're working on inflation. Cars cost used cars cost more. Weird times, right? All right, that's what we're talking about. Before we dive on in, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I own a real estate brokerage and an appraisal company. But more importantly, I read the news here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Podcast? Podcast? What's that? Don't know. That's what we're doing. Thanks for being here. All right, let's jump on in. This is a CNBC article. So, I mean, they're not going to lie to us, are they? We don't really know. Despite the Federal Reserve's assurance that current inflation pressures won't last, consumers see things differently, according to a survey Monday from the Central Bank's New York District Federal Reserve. It's going to be okay. This is temporary. And why wouldn't they say that so they can just keep pumping trillions of dollars into the economy and making everything seem okay? The June survey of consumer expectations showed that median inflation expectations over the next 12 months jumped to 4.8%. That's what they're thinking. So median, so you got half the people think less than 4.8, half the people thinking more than 4.8, that's median. And that is a 0.8 percentage point rise from May, almost a point up from May and the highest reading in history for a series that goes back to 2013. So not very far, eight years, but still it's an indicator of, all right, people are thinking inflation is on the rise, higher, not lower, higher. While the outlook for the next three years remain unchanged at 3.6%, how do you even project that far out? It's like people ask me, what's my house going to be worth? Don't really know. Take a good guess because that's what I would be doing. You just don't know. There's so many economic things out there, you know. The Rona, who would have seen the coronavirus coming, right? Nobody. I mean, I did a podcast early on. I'll have to check out that podcast and see what that looks like. Um, and it was, it was, you know, here are the four factors that might impact the real estate market. It's an outside chance, this, you know, virus from China. 
I need to look at that and see what I actually said, because it, it might seem really smart. Probably not. Uh, while the outlook for the next three years remained unchanged at 3.6%, that is still well below the 2% level that the Fed considers healthy for a growing economy. The trick here is just to get that inflation just right in that little, that little tiny range, not too much, not too little. Central bank officials have been insistent that the most recent inflation spike won't last. Don't mind that not last temporary. They projected at their June meeting that their preferred gauge would show a 3% gain in 2021, but then recede to 2.1% in subsequent years and settle around the target range thereafter of about like 2%, right? All right, that would be ideal, but things don't always work out that way, do they? And that's why a lot of people are going, it, it feels, you know, when I go to the grocery store, it feels like everything is more expensive. We're told this is a supply chain issue. But you know what? When prices go up, they don't ever go back down. I mean, really, you might have things like gasoline, which go up hard and come down hard at times. But like groceries and stuff, do you really expect to see a decrease in prices? That's one area that I don't pay a ton of attention to. But even I can tell, oh, yeah, things are more. It's like, oh, that's just more. Or restaurants, take out food. And we had an order the other day, it was like three of us for like breakfast, uh, DoorDash, something like that. It was like a 100 bucks. And you're like, really? I just got like a breakfast burrito. And this seems outrageously expensive. It is what it is. A Fed report released Friday that Chairman Jerome Powell will present this to Congress this week reiterated the central bank's position that the current inflationary pressures are transitory. That's a good word. We're in between. We're transitioning. Transitory. Got to remember that one. I believe that you are in a transitory period with your life. You're in between. This is not a permanent thing. This is a transitory. Therefore, things are going to be okay. Don't worry about it being a permanent thing. Transitory. And largely this the result of supply chain bottlenecks and other factors likely to abate as the economy returns to its post-pandemic normal. I don't think the economy is returning to its post-pandemic normal, do you? It just it seems like enough stuff is tweaked and you're like, eh, this is probably going to be here for a while. More inflation indicators are on their way this week. The June consumer price index, which factors less into the Fed's decision making than the personal consumption expenditures price index. So we got the CPI versus the can uh, the personal consumption expenditures price index, two different indexes, uh, the consumption expenditures price index is expected to show a 5% year over year gain, matching the May level, which is the highest since August 2008, stripping out volatile food and energy prices. So take those out. And the CPI consumer price index is projected to rise 4% up from 3.8% for what would be the highest since January 1992. All right, some of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think obviously you can do the whole supply chain thing. Cars, you know, good example. I'm doing a remodel on my house because it's it was old and it, it just really desperately needed one. And I was in between tenants and, you know, all that good stuff. And you're like, okay, I should probably just do the remodel now. And um you know, it's not a matter of really having a lot of choices on stuff. Sometimes you just got to go with 
what is in stock at the store, whether that's Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. It's kind of what you can get. I'll take, I would really like to have that. All right, that's not in stock. That's my second choice, not in stock. What do you have in stock? What can I buy today? And so, you know, with with as, as few choices as you have, there's, I mean, it's pretty obvious the um, stores can just jack some prices up. And what are you going to do? You're going to say no? Uh, yeah, let's negotiate on that. Not really happening, right? Consumers surveyed by the New York Fed expect the home price acceleration to continue at 6.2% annual pace. The same as in May, though the uncertainty range around that projection was the highest in series history. Workers see earnings rising by 2.6% on a 12-month basis, the highest since the pandemic began in March 2020. Expectation that the unemployment rate will be higher in a year fell to 30.7%, the lowest in series history. So all of these numbers are showing. People are thinking, yep, we've got inflation here. We've got the inflation dealio just going. And uh, is it is this a supply chain? Is this the economy going back and we're feeling that surge? I know... Uh, I know a lot of people are going out. I know a lot of people are consuming. People are buying stuff. They're buying homes. It's hard to get stuff for homes. A lot of the stuff out there is just hard to buy stuff. You know, I ended up buying it on Amazon. And I'm like, all right, can't really seem to find it here locally. Therefore, I'll go to Amazon and it'll be delivered in whenever. Um but the pricing, it seems like everything has, it just feels like everything has gone up. I don't really have a single thing that since the Rona that I can, that I can think of offhand that's like, oh yeah, that's seen a real drop. That's interesting. It's seen it. No, just don't really have any of that, do we? Inflation on the rise. Okay. So let's take a look. So I was having conversation, a young lady that I work out with, she's a personal trainer. I work out with three times a week. You can see an example of one of our workouts. I think I recorded a hit workout and put it on my personal YouTube channel. And that is like Sean Reynolds 68. I don't post there a lot. It's just kind of me doing fun stuff, throwing up some crazy videos of just ridiculous stuff that I do. Um, so I, I posted a video there. She has been in the market for a car since she graduated from college. She's looking at buying a new car. She's getting her career going and you know, that whole deal. And so she's had a Ford Bronco, the new Bronco, not the sport, the little one, two door. So she's had this Ford Bronco on order from Ford since like last November. And they just keep kicking out when she's going to get it, kicking out when she's going to get it. And they keep telling her, yeah, I've just got a shortage and a backlog. And now you can't have it in this color. You can't have it in that color. So the conversation, you know, I now and then ask her, How, how's that new car doing? And uh, then she, you know, initially, she was thinking before the Ford Bronco came out, she was going to buy a used Toyota 4Runner. And I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good call. But then the, you know, the Bronco came out and she was like, I, I need this Bronco, my life's going to be better. Of course, it's a cool looking car. And um you know, Ford Bronco just has that tradition of kind of a rugged four by four. It's a Bronco, you know, who doesn't like that name? Like a little piece of American history, right? But if you can't buy the damn thing, 
you know, it's kind of crazy. So Toyota 4Runner, not a bad second, second, you know, choice if you're going to go down that road. Now, the Toyota 4Runner, you pay more for a used 4Runner in Seattle than you do a new 4Runner. So it's kind of like she's looking to get a car and there's just, there's really none out there. And, um, you know, I've heard from other people that uh, on a lot of car lots, there's just hardly any supply of available inventory that people would typically expect when they want to walk to, to walk onto a used car lot and buy a lot like there you'll see cars, but it's not like the big supply that most dealerships typically have of used or new, they just don't have them. And so this this is an article I saw yesterday, these cars and trucks cost more used than new in Seattle. How often do you see that? Not very often, not in the car market. I mean, and that's just a real rarity. So the microchip shortage across the globe has resulted in limited production and availability of new cars, which has led to a record breaking increase in used cars. So I'm going to spare you the boring stuff. In early June, the average slightly used car cost 3.1% less than the new version of the same car. Compare that to early November 2020, right before the Rona, when the difference between new and used was 10.8%. So that has shrunk from 10.8 to 3.1. And that's kind of across the board. Used car prices have risen overall and prices have dramatically increased for certain in-demand models that may be harder to find on new car lots, said somebody. Dealers may think used car buyers are willing to pay more for the instant gratification of a lightly used vehicle they can drive right off the lot rather than waiting for a new one. The other market that I see this in all the time, and it's been out there for years, is the Rolex watch market. Rolex has typically limited their supply to like, I think it's like a million watches a year. And there's way greater demand than that worldwide. And so oftentimes, you'll find a used watch for way more, but it's available than buying than being able to go into a an authorized dealer for Rolexes and being able to buy one because they never have them. And whenever they do have one, it goes to somebody who's high up on the waiting list that buys a lot of luxury jewelry or watches or you know, whatever it is, they are the VIP of that type of purchase. And so they get the new inventory at the reduced price relative to the to the used stuff. But it's, you know, it's one of these artificially um, clenched down supply chain things. And that's what we've got going on with the cars right now. In Seattle, five used car models sold for prices higher than new models in June. Toyota RAV4 used models from 2019 and 2020 sold for 2% higher than new models. Toyota RAV4. It's just nuts. So let's go ahead and let's take a quick peek and see which models. So you got the Tesla Model 3. It's about 1268 bucks more to buy a used model than the new model. It's just it's nuts. But if you want the car now, that's what you're going to pay. If you want the watch right now, well, here's one that's available. Would you like that price? Yeah, it's a lot more than new, but and it's slightly dinged up, but I'll take it. Because those are your options. The Hyundai Palisade, I don't really care about that car. Toyota 4Runner, here you go. The Toyota 4Runner is $1,485 more for a new version or for the for the new for the used version 
versus new. New price, 45382 Used price, 46867 More. Crazy. How about the Dodge Challenger? Who doesn't love the Dodge Challenger? That's just a, that's an epic car. I know the new ones are, you know, they're production model and they're not, not as cool as the one out of the, you know, the supercar, you know, the muscle car type thing, but they're still a cool looking car. Dodge Challenger is $1,388 more to buy a used model than the new one. It's just shocking to me. Toyota Tundra. Okay. A truck. 1831 bucks more to buy used versus new. Toyota RAV4 Hybrid, $1,357 more new used versus new. Mercedes-Benz G-Class, wow, this is a big one. So the new price on the Mercedes-Benz G-Class is $182,631.182. The used price is roughly $190,000 and change. 190 grand for a used vehicle. That to me makes no sense at all. But I drive a 2014 or 15 Jeep Grand Cherokee Wagoneer, I don't know. You know, it's a it's an SUV that gets a lot of use. And I think I've got like, probably 80 or 1080 or 90,000 miles, it, it seems fine. Had to replace like two different pumps in the air conditioner. But you know, you got to have AC for those three days in summer in Seattle when it's really hot. The Toyota Tacoma is almost two grand more used versus new. That's a truck also. What else we got? GMC Sierra, the 1500, the, the what is that's a half ton model. Just about 3500 bucks for used versus new 30. You're paying a premium. I need a truck. Well, you're going to pay more. I'll take it. And the number one is the for for uh, is the Kia Telluride. I don't even know what is that. Looks like a little SUV car ish, and that's thirty five sixty four sixty four uh, used versus new. So we just got this wonky market, right, where you don't have enough supply, and so. It's not unlike the housing market. And I had a, a really good question from one of the consistent viewers. And thank you for sending it in. And they were at this point just recently. And they're saying, all right, we've got a house in Seattle in North Seattle. We're thinking about relocating and selling and moving, but we can't find a replacement anywhere. What is the dealio? And they're looking on realtor.com. And so what I told them is have some patience. On the sell side, you're going to do really well. On the buy side, you're going to have to get in line with everybody else who's looking for housing, who's looking for cars, who's looking for consumer goods, can't find them. So they're paying these massive premiums. And yes, there are situations still currently going on where you got 15 offers and you're two, 300,000 over list price. Not uncommon. Um, but if you can wait, that's going to cool down. That's going to cool down at some point in time. If you got to do it right now, you just got to get in the ring and go, right? But if you can have some patience, and I don't see the housing market declining in price, 
I see it kind of slowing down because we've just had these crazy appreciation numbers that are not sustainable long term, just like the car market here, that's going to even itself out. Now we don't have much in the way it's not you know, housing isn't like cars, you can't just pump them out of the factory it takes a long time, your the supply to the demand curve, it takes a lot longer to mass produce housing versus cars. And so I recommended to the folks who wanted to relocate, hey, if you can, just wait a while, because this housing market thing is it's going to it, it's it, we're going to go from this whole Coronavirus, oh, my gosh, if I have to, you know, I self isolate in my home again with my family dog, and you know, both of us working at home, I need a bigger home, we're going to get away from that whole impact. This has been a long run for housing. This has been a year plus run for housing. And interest rates just dropped again. So you're seeing a little bit of a surgence there. But I think you know, this fall, we're still gonna we're still in a really strong market. It's nuts. I would have said no way that this run's going to last this long. Um, but here we are. So that's kind of my advice to people is that if you can, in, in my advice to the young lady with the car that I work out with is, hey, why don't you repair your car now? It's still a good car. Keep it on the road for the next year or so. Get yourself beyond this whole supply chain thing, which is, you know, driving up prices on the used car. Just, you know, buy yourself some time. You spend two, three, four grand, whatever it is, repairing your car, which is still a good car. She just wants a new shiny one, right? Don't we all? I want a new car because they're cool looking and they're nice. You get that nice, you know, new car smell. My car does not smell like a used, uh, like a new car anymore. It, it honestly doesn't. Um, <laughs> it just, you know, after a while, the stuff gets in your carpet and you're like, okay. Yeah, that garbage bag that broke and had all that stuff. Oof, not good. So I understand wanting to buy new. I understand people wanting to buy a new house. But when you're in a market that's had, you know, the supply chain just restricted, like darn near everything in our economy. If you can have some patience, wait it out a little bit. I think a lot of this stuff will unconstrict uh, if that's even a if that's even a word, but you know what I mean, just have some patience. And this isn't this too shall pass is kind of my bottom line. Will pricing drop on housing like in the next year or two? No, I don't think so. Because you're not going to have that much supply hit the market, you don't have enough new construction sellers, there aren't enough sellers out there um, to have that, you know, to have prices drop, but I think your appreciation is going to it's going to slow down for sure. And so that gives buyers more opportunity down the road to maybe get something get an option. You know, maybe there's going to be more cars coming to market. Um, as people trade them in and they were able to get their new car, because um, my workout gal don't even know when she's going to be able to get you know, could get the Bronco. So that's why looking at the whole Toyota forerunner thing, it's like, well, maybe I could get a forerunner. Nope, can't get that either. So third option, keep the car you got, keep the home you got, keep whatever is you've got, if you can limp it along and, and have that make sense. That's kind of what I am seeing. And that's what I am telling people, I should be telling people, oh, yeah, go out and buy your home now. Because, you know, I'm a real estate guy. and That's what I should be saying. But from a advice standpoint, uh, in a podcast, 
do I want to see you competing in this market that is just a firestorm? Um, not unless you need to. That's kind of my advice. And because so much of this is just hysteria with oh, I can't get it right now. So I'm, you know, people are making decisions based on emotions. And if you want to compete in today's housing market, you know, you're going to have to really step up your game. If you think that you're going to, you know, maybe just go a little over list price in a lot of markets, you're going to have to go a bunch over. Um, we are starting to see some of that back back off. We're seeing review dates kind of come and pass. And then stuff is selling within the next week or so. So not as hot as it was. But depending on where the house is located, still pretty damn hot, right? So you know, some of these, um, the car market outside of Seattle, different, different, for sure, you got more supply in some areas. But you know, nationally, the the new car supply, those are the made by the big manufacturers. So a lot of that is you've got supply chain issues throughout the United States. And same deal with the housing market, you've got, you know, pre pandemic, we had a shortage of housing to begin with. And the whole pandemic has just put them, you know, put a microscope, and we've just really dialed into well, what is available? And the market's just been absolutely picked over. We're in the process right now of recording our market in a minute, which is uh, everything you need to know about the Puget Sound real estate market in one minute. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a minute long video about what's going on. But one of the segments in there is that Snohomish County, which is to the north of King County, has a supply of housing of about 10 days. 10 days based on absorption rates, with the amount of housing they have on how long would it take if no more homes came on to sell out the market? 10 days is the answer. I've never seen that. That means it's basically sold out all the time. So if you can wait until such time, and it's going to take a while for things to kind of settle down and people to be less focused on housing and kind of all that good stuff, things will mellow out but it's going to take some time. And yes, pricing is going to be higher down the road, for sure. I don't see that dropping on housing anytime soon. On cars, I don't know, the prices of new cars going to go up and then used cars go up and my car economics on I I don't like cars. They're they're annoying. Um, from this financial standpoint, who doesn't like to drive a nice new car? That's great and all but I always think, well, I just scraped my door down whatever. That probably didn't help out the resale value. And so I treat it just as a, as a tool more of a tool than a than an asset because cars are not an asset. But you know, who doesn't want a new Ford Bronco or who doesn't want a cool new Toyota 4Runner? Who doesn't want a house? An upgrade to that house? Just going to have to pay right now today, July the 13th, you're going to have to pay if you want to get into those options. All right. So that's it for me on this one. We covered inflation, we covered cars, new and used, covered housing. I mean, this was a free for all podcast, wasn't it? Thanks so much for being here. I'd love to have you subscribe if you haven't already. Also hit that notification bell. I've had a lot of my subscribers saying, hey, we had to re hit that notification bell. YouTube unsubscribed us or unnotified un un us of when your new stuff comes out. So hit that notification bell. We're releasing two podcasts a day, Monday through Friday and one on Saturday and Sunday. So look forward to that. We've always got content, content coming your way. All right. Thanks so much for being here again. I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. 
to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.